children of God, let's talk. What truth did you learn about yourself during this thing, during this most memorable time of your life and my life? We've never been in this place before. In fact, we didn't even know there was such a place. I know I didn't. So this episode is concerning our thinking, our feelings, what we got out of this memorable time, a time that you and I would never, ever forget. We would tell our children about it. My question to you, what truth did you learn about yourself during this time? Did you learn that you need people more than you ever admitted that you did? Did you learn that you had no original thoughts of your own? but you fed off of the thoughts and visions and dreams and imaginations of other people. As fast as they could dream them, you sucked them up and made them yours. Hence, you became so intertwined in living their life that your life became unrecognizable even to yourself, that you lost yourself. Is that one of the thoughts, one of the truths that you learn about yourself? Because believe it or not, a part of this was for us to learn some things about ourselves, who we are, what God says about us. So did you learn that about yourself? Did you learn that You find yourself liking people, needing people more than you care to admit. Hey, I've been in this house for a long time. I don't really like people, but Lord knows I need people. Did you learn that you're not as interested as you thought you were? Being locked in, being shut down. That you're not all that? That you're not as fun as you thought you were? That you were just good at hostage taking so that people really had no choice but to listen to you? You were not that interested. But again, I say, you were good at hostage taking. You totally ignored the snoring of people on the phone. It never dawned on you that you had not even heard a peep out of them in 30 minutes. But being by yourself all this time, did you learn, hey, I'm not as interested as I thought. I'm not as humorous as I thought. 
I'm not the joke maker that I thought. I just simply held people hostage and they didn't know how to break free of me. Did you learn that without the makeup and the wigs, that that's really the real you? But all this time, those things just made you a facade. It made you ashamed without your makeup and your wigs and all of your get up. Being by yourself, you finally had to look at yourself. Because being by yourself, what's the point in putting the wig on? What's the point in putting the makeup on? You realize that that's really me. So what am I going to do? I'm going to cover these mirrors so that I don't have to see me. I don't have to see the realness of who I am. Because who I am makes me ashamed. Who I am makes me feel ugly and common and plain. Who I am was just someone that I made up. I was just a figment of my imagination, my own imagination. My makeup and my wigs could cover that up, could cover up the real me. Was that your truth about yourself? Have you found that to be the truth about yourself? That you really do need people? That you're really not as interested as you thought you were? That you're not the glam queen and the glam king that you thought you were? Is that your truth? You're just a dream person. That's not who I am for real. Did you look in that mirror and say, that's not my real skin tone? What family are you really from? Whose nose is that? What happened to those deep dimples? What happened to that high forehead? You even changed that. Who are you? Wow. Did reality set in? Reality was supposed to set in. Did it? Reality is that person looking back at you in the mirror. The one without the makeup. The one without all those wigs that you've given names to. Without your pretense. Wow. I used to look like my auntie. 
I can't see any of her features in my face. I used to look like my father, my father's people. I can't see any of those features in my face. They used to say me and my mom look like twins. I can't see any of those features in my face. I've changed so much. That's not my reality anymore. I don't know who I look like. <laughs> I'm laughing because the people always said, you can tell a Jones by that big old high forehead. Where's mine? Where am I? I even changed that thing. Did you learn that you're not as loving and understanding of a mother that you thought you were? See, before the thing happened, before this memorable thing came into our lives, you thought you were the mother of the year. You went to work every day, you were on the go. You went to your kids and you said, kiss, kiss, mama loves you. Be good, do your homework, eat your veggies, think good thoughts, say a prayer today, think positive thoughts, be kind to the earth, love you guys, love you too, mama. That's how it was. But now, hearing their voices every day, all day, you don't feel quite as blessed as you should. In fact, you almost hate that sound of falling and bumping and kids laughing and kids fighting and kids tussling, breaking things, precious things. They don't know that those are precious, valued things. Eating up everything, leaving messes, loud music, Lack of consideration for me. Wishing every day that I was far, far, far from them. That may be wrong to you, but that's my truth. I may seem like a bad mom to you, but that's my truth. That's what the thing has brought me to. This historic thing that crept upon us like a drifting fog, hovering, crawling, lingering until it swept us all up, almost like overnight. That's what I've become. And I'm left wishing Wanting to be that woman, that loving, understanding mother that walked out of the house with a nice short suit on. Kiss, kiss. Kiss, mommy. Mommy loves you. That thing came easy for me. I knew how to do it. I could do it in my sleep. 
Be good. What does that mean? What did I mean? What did I mean when I said when I said that? Be good. <laughs> I laugh because I don't even know how to be good. I wasn't good at work all that day. I haven't been good at work for a long time. Do your homework, eat your veggies, think good thoughts. Think good thoughts. Where'd that come from? Who was that woman? Think good thoughts. Say a prayer. What devil made me say that? I haven't prayed in so long. In fact, my kids don't even know how to pray. I never taught them to pray. I refused to let them go to church with Grandma. Because Nana's church was just wow. So they didn't know anything about saying a prayer. What made me say that? Think good thoughts. Say a prayer. Think positive thoughts. I didn't have a positive thought in my bones. Be kind to the earth. I don't even care about the earth. Love you guys. Love you, love you too, mama. That's not even our voices. Where did that come from? I lost myself. Maybe that's why all this happened. For us to find ourselves. For us to begin to know who we are for real. I don't recognize my look. Because I don't look like anyone that I know. I don't recognize my sound. That's not my sound. But hearing their voices every day, all day, I feel so guilty because I don't even like the sound of their voices. These are my children, but their voices grate on my nerves. I don't feel blessed like I hear these women say, I'm so blessed to be with my family. I don't. I'm not blessed. I'm longing to wear my suits. I'm longing to wear my wigs and just to wear my makeup. I'm longing to smile my fake smile. Longing to say, love ya, to people that I actually hate. Longing to plan lunch dates with people that I hate. And having a happy hour with even more people that I hate. They're bumping up up against me. They're touching me. They're looking at me. They're smiling at me. And I hate them. But being shut in all this time and thinking about that and weighing the two things up, that is far more exciting than being with these people that I'm shut in with all day. Every day. I choose people that I actually hate over these people that I actually know. Call me weird. Call me crazy. That's my truth. 
was yours. I hear these children laughing and playing. These people, these little people that I pushed 12 hours to bring into this world. People that I suckled at my own breast until teeth became a thing. Should I cherish this time? I probably should, but I don't. That's what I learned while I was shut in by myself. I'll find a remedy later. Right now, I don't have a remedy. I'm just shut in, on lockdown, imprisoned, in bondage. My spouse is in the next room. Yes, we have that many rooms. Because yes, we worked our way up the ladder. And yes, we have it like that. And yes, I'm ready to get back to life. And until we do, until we get back to our old life, we learned that we rather sleep separate than sleep together. We're tired of that. That's what I learned. I'll find a remedy for that later. But you be okay with that. You listen to it. You be okay with that because we okay with that. I don't want him near me. I don't want to smell his breath. I don't want to see his body. I don't want his touch. That's what we learned. The feelings are mutual. But as I said, we'll find a remedy for that later. Neither one of us can bear the way we look. All day, looking the same way. Neither one of us can bear the conversations that we have all day. He can't put me in a good place. I can't put him in a good place. No interest in him, no interest in me. Nothing. Zilch. But we'll find a remedy later. Well, that's my life in that area. I know you're waiting. But what about Jesus? What about him? What did you learn about Jesus? What about him? Well, finally, what truth did I uncover about my relationship with the Lord? That's what you're waiting to hear. What truth? Truth? Well, to be honest, I really learned that I really don't have one. 
truth. If that's what people call it, people call it a relationship. I don't know what I call it. But if it really is a relationship that one has with the Lord, I guess mine would look with mirror the relationship that I have with that person that I relegated to a separate room for me. I guess mine look like that. Separate. Indifferent. No interest. Nothing. Zilch. I learned that I could preach. I can teach. I can do all those things. And I did all those things. I did. But I did them without a relationship. That's my reality. What's yours? I'll say it again. (laughs) I preached without a relationship. I taught without a relationship. I prophesied. I sang on the praise team. I did all of those. In fact, I used to be an usher. I did all of those things without a relationship. I knew about relationship. I heard about relationship. Now keep in mind, I was a preacher. Keep in mind, all those things. So I knew about relationship. It was being talked about. I remember when that new word came out about relationship, not religion. Remember that? People said, we don't want to talk about religion. We want to talk about relationship. How many of you remember that? So I remember when it was a new thing that people talked about. It sounded good. And that word made for good preaching. Relationship with the Lord. It made for great seminars and great conferences. I'm smiling now because I was always a good student, a quick study on what makes people tick. So you're probably saying, well, you were just a manipulator. Then that's your call. That's your truth. Since we're talking about truth, that's your truth. What I learned was that I wasn't so sure that I even believed the whole idea of believing in what I cannot see. During this whole saga, this whole miserable place that we've been in, this whole time of supposedly looking deep into ourselves, what I learned was that I'm not so sure that I believe in that whole idea of believing in what I cannot see. I don't know that I believe this living by faith and not by sight thing. I don't know. 
I wasn't so sure that I cared to believe anymore in a God that allows people to just randomly die, like we've seen. The verdict on that is still out. I'm not so sure how I feel about that. People just dying by the hundreds, thousands, all over the world, in a town near you, in your town, on your street, in your home. Listen, for real, when I first heard about all this, I kind of got used to the idea that old people were going to die. Old, sick people were going to die. We all kind of get used to that. Because that's what they were saying, that we've got to be careful with the elderly, the fragile, the weak. So I made my peace with that. I know old people. I know old sick people, fragile people. I know people in nursing homes, senior citizens' homes, assisted living. I know people in all those places. So I was not surprised when I heard them die. But then, then things changed. Then this God, who I'm supposed to believe, This God that I'm supposed to live by faith and not by sight. Trust him by faith, not in what I can see. But what I saw, the reality of what I saw, what I actually saw, was that not only did the old, sick, fragile people die, But he let the little bitty baby die. The little bitty baby died. Didn't the song say he's got the little bitty baby in his hand? Didn't it? Well, he didn't. That's what I learned during this historic, dreadful time. that he took his hands off of them and he let them die, the little bitty baby. So what did I learn? What was my truth? What I learned about myself was that I had and I still have no explanation to give anybody about God's actions. Actually, what I learned about me and him was that I've never really felt him like I taught about. I never really felt him. I preached about that. I told people about they could feel him. I never really did. I mean, this is my truth. I never ever 
heard him even say a word to me. I learned early on that I was good at talking about who he is and the things that he did back then. I was actually good at convincing people that it was all true. So how do you feel about me now? But remember, you have your truth. I have my truth. You learned some things during this historic time. I learned some things. Your eyes were open to some things. My eyes were open to some things. So what I learned about me and him, Jesus, was that I've never really felt him. I just talked about him. He never spoke to me. But I was good. Again, like I said, I was good at convincing people that it was all the truth. I learned during this bleakest, darkest, most miserable time of my life in history that I never convinced my own self that any of that was true. I convinced other people. But even more so now, as I'm living through this thing and this real life thing has become my reality, I don't know for sure. Listen, listen. Are we being honest? We're talking about truths. I don't know for sure that there's a heaven and a hell. Because this right here, this seems like hell to me. I don't know for sure that we're all going to die one day. I really don't know which Bible is accurate. There are so many. I don't even know if we're even supposed to trust those things in the Bible. How many versions do they have out there? I did a study one time on the different versions. So many. I kind of have a feeling that during this time, somebody will probably write their own Bible. But I guess you have to believe in it first. I learned during this time, this shut-in, shut-down, lockdown, miserable time, I learned that I really don't know with certainty about the death, the burial, and the resurrection. I'm not really sure why that makes people cry. I'm not sure why when people hear the death, the burial, and the resurrection, why... What about it that makes people cry? It's not like they know Jesus. It wasn't like they were a friend of Jesus. Now, to be honest with you, there were times when I cried. But even I don't know why. I don't know why I did. I guess I cried because the story sounded sad. That's my truth. 
for sure. I learned that I really don't understand what it means about the presence of God. Because I never had that. I never felt the presence of God. I like that word. In fact, I've taught about that word. I preached about that word. But I never really knew what that meant. And I found out that a lot of times in being a preacher and a teacher and a prophet, you, you really don't have to know those things for sure. You just have to be able to convince people that you know. That's my little trick. See, I don't understand enjoying his presence. I don't know what that means. Enjoying his presence. I don't understand a concept of fullness of joy. Just being in his presence. Just just being in his presence. Just being in his presence. In the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. So what you're really saying is that you get joy just from being in his presence? It makes no sense to me. No one is ever full. Not to my understanding. In fact, I've never experienced fullness on any level. What I do understand is half empty. I do understand half full. I've even experienced totally empty on many occasions. But fullness of joy, being full of Jesus, nah, never full. I'm an ordained preacher. I'm ordained to preach, to teach, ordained in the office of the prophet, pastor over music ministry. I hold a master's in liturgical dance. I do pastoral counseling, and I can be seen on various forms of the media, but I have never, ever experienced being full. So, what did I learn from what was supposed to be uh, the most memorable times of history? Was this. I learned that and this is my truth. I learned that even though I don't like people, I'd rather be with them than be with myself. Because I'm not that exciting and I'm not that interesting. That's what I learned. That's one of the things that I learned. Don't like people, but rather than be by myself, I'll take them. Actually, what I learned, number two, is that I'm not even sure what I was supposed to learn. But what I did learn was that I just don't know anymore. I don't really know anymore 
what happened. I don't know anymore what we were supposed to get from this. Was this all just a bad, bad dream? And soon I'm going to wake up laughing, trying to figure out what wig I'm going to wear today for work, what makeup to choose, who do I want to be on this given day because I'm back to having choices again. I don't know if that's what's going to happen. I would like to be able to wake up and have this thing all behind me. I would like to be back to watching all the women fawn over me, throwing themselves all over me. I would like to be back to watching little pastors wanting to be big bishops and big apostles. I just want to get back to having little men, little pastor wannabes, carrying my briefcase, opening my limo door, stocking my office cabinet with the finest of wines. Yes, I said wines. And the finest of women. Yes, I said women. Yes, I am married. But that's what we do. I want to get back to that. Women were all over me. Sometimes men. I want to get back there. I want this nightmare to be over. I've got sermons to preach. In fact, I've got more sermons stored in the cloud on all of my digital devices than I could ever get sitting still, doing nothing, waiting on the Lord to speak. <laughs> that's good. I would like to be able to say, okay, God, that's okay. I'm good, I'm good. You don't have to waste your precious divine time with this boy. I already have a word. Actually, I have a plethora of words, as I said, stored in the clouds. You don't know anything about that, God. That's 21st century computer talk. He's not going to strike me dead. No, he's not. He know I'm just kidding. See, when we talk like that, God, we usually say LOL, which means laughing out loud. Stuff stored in the cloud. All my sermons stored in the clouds. I don't know if that made him laugh or not. But anyway, that's my reality. That's what I learned. The question was, what truth did you learn about yourself? during the thing in 2020. That's my reality. If I'm wrong in my understanding or lack of understanding, if there's anyone out there that found a more excellent truth than mine, feel free to express it. If you found a more excellent mechanism for coping with this time that we are in, let me know. If you actually heard God say to you, peace, be still, and it was still, 
Let me know. If God really did keep you from finding solace in drugs, alcohol, pill, porn, and finding ways to scheme, let me know. My mind was spinning and spinning and spinning with a multitude of thoughts. It's been spinning since this thing began. But if he set you in some kind of divine plan, if he set that up for you, a special divine plan, where he trained you how to set your affections on him and to filter out all these distractions to keep your mind from spinning and spinning and spinning out of control, let me know. Gracious. <laughs> if he found time as busy as he is, listen, he's been going all around the world in everything, in the valley, up high on the mountaintops, just doing everything. But if he found time to stop off at your place, teaching you how to learn to spend time with him, teaching you how to learn to enjoy his presence, reminding you over and over, day after day, that in order to know him and his will requires spending quality time with him and you actually received it, then help me to make that a reality in my life. Let me know how that worked out. Now, don't deal with me if you're not for real. If you're for real this time and not being a phony baloney like you were before the plague, then let me know about this God. I'm open to listen. That's my truth. Let me hear yours. God bless you real, real good, children of God. I am still your storyteller.